and we are live. Welcome back to Checkpoint, everybody. Your number one show rounding out all the hottest, sexiest, and most bountiful gaming news stories of the week. I'm one of your hosts, Vincent DeSantis, joined by my amazing co-host and TikTok thirst trap, James Walmer. James, how you doing today, my friend? It's a good day. It's great. Good. Got beautiful weather, Mm -hmm. beautiful boys, um, and beautiful games. Great. Did you say beautiful boys? That's you. Wow. Wow. Oh, Blustered <laughs> me up at the beginning of this episode. Right back at you, big dog. Oh, oh. All right. Yo, hey, we got some good stuff in the works for today. Like in the news today. We got some cool stuff. Some Xbox and Bethesda stuff that I've been wanting some more information on. I still don't feel like I have all the information on. <laughs> we did get a lot of information. <laughs> before we jump into this, if you're listening on audio platforms, thank you so much for listening once again. We really, really appreciate that. If you haven't already, feel free to give us a review on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. That would help us out quite a bit. James, what have you been playing this week, my friend? I'm playing a lot this week. Because, hell as yeah. You know, I finished Persona 5. Royal. Yeah, you did. Can every, everybody clap in the audience? Thank you. Yes, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. Uh huh. Okay. 143 hours and some some minutes. Hundred and what? 43 hours and something something minutes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good amount of time. It is a huge amount of time. Uh, I've spent longer in games, but those are more like MMO multiplayer games that you sure. kind of habitually play. Um, now it feels like every other game is shorter. So now I'm going through Nier Automata and a lot of the story points that are starting to pick up yeah. after I'm six hours and 45 ish minutes in, um, they're starting, like there's big plot conflicts that are starting to arise and I mm-hmm. can tell they're going to be points of contingency throughout the rest of the game. I'm uncovering now and I'm like, this feels really early, but I realize that I'm coming from a game that- right. Like the main climax of the game happens at around 100 hours. Right. And then you're, you're just, your thought process is different going into this game. Yes. Yes. Does it um, feel kind of, is it kind of like a sigh of relief playing a shorter game? Or would you want near to be 100 hours? It's it's so interesting. I don't think I have any particular preference. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I wish every game was longer. It's mm-hmm. I really appreciate what Persona did with the narrative. And I think it, benefited from being as long as it yeah was because it used a lot of that time to um so that i could grow attachment to many of the characters throughout the story okay right because that's what a lot of the story is it's just building these side characters that you interact with yeah um so i mean near automata is focused around two characters specific as to my knowledge uh sure. two characters as of right now and so i can see that you probably wouldn't need all that hundred hours just develop two characters that you aren't really making dialogue decisions and it's you you're talking throughout the whole thing i mean half of like three quarters of persona 5 is all dialogue right it is refreshing however to have more dynamic dynamic combat systems sure um you're you know you've been so used to persona 5 when what Mm -hmm. they did even though they did it well right yeah uh it's refreshing to have a break from the turn-based combat of persona 5 yeah. Even though it's good. And I think they right, right. really like it's some of the most refined turn based combat out there. <sighs> I gotta play it. I gotta play um, it. But then I like it is one hundred percent worth it. I know, I know. And that's the thing. 
And I'm thinking, like, I've thought about playing it again, again, too. Like, I strongly wow. consider going through it again. There's just, like, there's a number of games that I have to get through before I can even think about starting Persona. Because I know that if I start it now, other games will have my attention in between. And I would, if, like, if I play Persona, I want to give it my attention. Mm-hmm. Give it the full, the full thing. Um, Is that it? All you've been playing? And I got back into Dark Souls 3. Yeah, so I killed one or two bosses in Dark Souls. Now I'm in Boreal Valley, mm-hmm. um, and I hate everything. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How about you? Uh, this week, I streamed Valorant a little while, like, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And something hooked me again so much. Like, I I you can't Valorant, stop playing. Man. I cannot stop playing it. I've played more this week than I have in the last two months, probably combined. Of wow. That game. Um, and I just, I absolutely love it. When are you coming back to Overwatch, Finn? Uh, the thing is, I was never fully in Overwatch. I'm so bad at Overwatch. I'll I'll get I'll go get back into it. it. I know I could get good. I just gotta put the time in. I just gotta put the time in. That's all. Um, so yeah, I've been playing a lot of that, but it's been a perfect balance because I've been also playing a lot more Ghost of Tsushima, which is so so good. I just Tell love me it. About it. What do you love? I'm loving, dude. I'm telling you, these open world games with no UI on the screen as I'm playing. Mm-hmm. It just it looks it's so clean. Everything about it is so clean. It just it feels good to play. It, it the soundtrack, the visuals, I'm loving the storyline so far. It's good. The side missions feel worth it to do. Like okay. upgrading my character. Very there's fun. there's upgrades that like I'm striving to get. You do not start off super powerful at first. You're like you you have to learn certain techniques and stances and stuff like that. Different stances for different enemies. Like it's it's a lot more in-depth combat-wise than I thought it was going to be. And I'm enjoying that aspect of it, too. So I'm having a really, like, Ghost Tsushima is, like, chill, even though it's, like, an action mm-hmm. game. It's, like, chill. I can just go slow through it. I'm not trying to rush it at all. And then I hop on Valorant for some, like, high-action stuff. So it's perfect balance right now. I'm vibing with it. Also, I've been playing more Mafia Definitive Edition, which is... Yeah. Um, I really like it. I'm really like it. You really it like too. it? Yeah, I knew you would. It's... They did a good job. They did a really good job on the remaster. Have you played uh, L.A. Noir? I have on the Switch, though. So it, it's like, I, I did it, but I don't know if I really like got the full experience. It was did a good port, though. Yeah, I did. It was fun. And okay. uh, it's like mobile, you know? You could just kind of play L.A. Noir wherever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But that's it. That's it for me. And, you know, the rest of the week is probably going to be more Valorant and more Ghost of Tsushima because I'm loving both. So Sweet. So good to that. hear good to hear Vin, you want to show to us to this first article let's get it you guys about a month two months ago ish uh if you remember we had a whole episode that covered microsoft buying bethesda for how many billion dollars it's like 4.5 billion dollars it's a big deal it's a huge huge acquisition um i believe it's 4.5 james correct me if i'm wrong um but we haven't heard much about what that actually means for Bethesda games or for Xbox games. 7.5 billion. Jeez, I undershot that almost by half. I thought it was 7.5, but it, that seemed a little high. So I went with I th- Fair enough. 7.5 it is. Okay. Um, anyways, we didn't know much about that. People have been speculating for weeks whether or not things will be, all Bethesda games will be Xbox exclusive or not and all this stuff. So this morning there was a, they called it a round table. And it was like Phil Spencer, a couple Xbox Knights heads, a couple Bethesda the. heads. What? I said Knights of the. Basically, Knights of the Round Table. So here is or what. Or the pizza joint. The pizza. 
Yes, the pizza joint. We got full pepperoni pizza today. Actually, <laughs> I would say we got cheese because we got no I toppings. We got, a, we got a cheese ass pizza. Today. We got a light cheese pizza. Maybe a single cheese, <laughs> like, like a not even a full cheese. Pizza? cheese. Oh, no, margarita is so good. That would. Be... I mean, margarita is good, but just not a lot of cheese. Wow. Yeah. No, this was like a cheese. This was like a thin cheese, light sauce kind of pizza. You know. Ooh. <laughs> It was not the full combo you one would expect. No. So here's what we did get, though. Tomorrow, there will be 20 Bethesda games that are joining Game Pass. It's all the Fallout games, all the Skyrim games, all the Wolfenstein games. Uh, all the Doom games. Even the originals, like Doom 1 and 2. Yep. Uh, which is pretty we're cool. getting Prey, Rage 2, The Evil Within. Mm-hmm. But not The Evil Within 2, unless that's already on Game Pass. And then all the other schools game. Yeah, I'm not sure. We already said that. Yeah, so a lot of cool Bethesda games come into Game Pass. But really what we wanted to know, James, is what future exclusives are going to look like from Bethesda. Will they be exclusive to Xbox? Will they be on all platforms? For me personally, I don't think we got an answer to that. But what we did get is Phil Spencer saying that all Bethesda games will be on Game Pass. But he did not say they would all be exclusive to Game Pass. Or like all Xbox systems. He did not use the word exclusive to Game Pass. He also mentioned contracts for existing games and player bases that they will continue to support even though they're on other platforms. That was like words that he used. So I was really hoping for explicit like, okay, Starfield or Starbound. What is it called? Starfield. Starfield is going to be exclusive to Xbox. Like I wish I heard that today. I I mean, not really. I wish they told us. I hope it's not exclusive to Xbox, but it might be. Um, I wanted to know Indiana Jones. Is it? Like this, this, all these things. We don't know. We don't have answers to that. No. Um, but a couple more things. I think that has to do with more intricate like policies and contracts within. 100%. Has yeah. to be. Dude, right. we have, how is Lucasfilm going to be doing a game with Bethesda, but a bunch of other Lucasfilm games are going to be on PlayStation mm-hmm. also? Like, who knows? They might have a contract with PlayStation too that says something about. Specifically for that IP. What... Sure. You know what's going on we really don't know there's no. still a lot that we're in the dark about yeah so to finish off this it's just phil spencer reiterates that game pass is microsoft's focus which it should be that's the best thing they're doing over there right now yeah. god bless him for it and then aaron greenberg who's an absolute legend hilarious on twitter today um people are <laughs> i didn't see any of his tweets today he was just gassing it up it was awesome he confirms <laughs> that fps boost is coming to a lot of their backwards compatible and classic uh game titles which is cool specifically nice. for game pass and for console, for console Game Pass, more of, right? Well, like he's saying, like any of the games that are on Game Pass yeah. are going to be supported with FPS Boost. Cool. That's good because they did that trial run with like five games that are FPS boosted, but wasn't mm-hmm. nearly enough to be substantial. Yeah. Yeah, hit that next one. I, I ain't got nothing else for the round table, but we do get more oh, okay. Bethesda stuff. Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to read the things to know. Oh, you oh, thanks. You know, I just said super. I yeah. said Phil Spencer looks like a super villain in this roundtable. Like you should look. Like it it's does. hilarious. Yeah, it kind of does. He kind of like slouches back. He's got his collar up, and he has his like arms out, and he has this weird grimacing smile that he does like five <laughs> times. And I was like, oh my god, this guy's kind of scary. But I love Phil Spencer. God, that guy's great. Uh, but overall, this uh, live stream was just kind of celebrating the acquisition basically pete hines and phil spencer were going back and forth and todd howard were all saying like oh well like 
you know, we this kind of been a long time coming. We've always been kind of, you know, together on uh, decisions and like working together and stuff like that. So they said, oh, it's kind of only inevitable that this kind of happened. Yeah. Right. So. Which is cool. I mean, l- let me tell you one thing, James. Okay. This roundtable, I'm watching it. It was exciting, even though I don't have an Xbox. Like I was at the beginning, I felt that hype. And I was like, cool, Xbox needed this hype or still mm-hmm. does need that hype. So I was like, I'm I'm vibing with this. This is cool. Um, but I just didn't get enough like information for this to be like a cool, noteworthy right. round and table. It, and and that's not to say that it was supposed to be right. sort of media event in which no, you know, they had reveals or anything like that. It was very much just we're gonna talk about what this means for us and mm-hmm. how much we appreciate uh Bethesda games. And it was a very big PR move from Microsoft 100%. in order to show appreciation for this developer uh, that not only means that they will be having access to more first party titles, which uh, Microsoft is kind of desperately in need of right now, but yep. also with the acquisition of the um, of uh, Tango Gameworks, they're going to be able to deliver more uh, first party titles uh, by Japan or Japanese developers. Right. Which they need because they have no Japanese audience right now. Totally reminded me. Uh, did you see the Demon Slayer gameplay? No, I didn't. Oh, it's pretty cool, James. It's pretty no. cool. Yeah, look looks really that. good. So, okay. Sorry, that was just a side note. Continue. Um, this next article is came out before the roundtable event that we got today, but it just includes some of the um the 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 conversation that is referenced in the roundtable today when um when the actual acquisition um, took place or when it finished. Right. Um, I just have in here a quote from Phil Spencer that says, uh, this is the next step in building an industry leading first party studios team, a commitment we have to our Xbox community with the addition of the Bethesda creative teams. Gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC and game pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive xbox and pc players again some. it's that language of some it's not right. all but i mean i was watching paris um vicious yeah yeah so, number 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 um 997 or something yeah yeah something like that his uh coverage of the event and he is strongly convinced that titles like starfield will be xbox exclusive right or i should say microsoft exclusive since game pass i mean it's xbox game pass not only but, that did you see his tweet afterwards where um he I was like he he was saying how like he was watching the round table and it was everything he was guessing was said there. And then Phil Spencer responded to um, Paris and said, Paris, I loved hearing you on such and such podcast. And I was laughing because it was like you already knew exactly our plan or whatever he said. I, I'm abridging his words, but. Right, um, right. So it almost reinforces those yeah. predictions that totally. Paris made. Totally. Very, very, very interesting. There's one more Bethesda piece of news we have today. Uh, James, take this one too, because I don't really know about this one either. Okay, so Bethesda does, in fact, reiterate Deathloop's PS5 console exclusivity. Yes. Um, this comes from an issue, or an issue, a um, article from Video Games Chronicle, and it says, the latest issue of Game Informer magazine featuring Deathloop as its cover story includes a, Bez- a Bethesda statement regarding the development of the Xbox version of the game. Sorry, I was making sure I read that right. Oh, you're good. Saying, quote, the acquisition hasn't affected day-to-day development of of Deathloop, which we're developing exclusively for PlayStation 5 on console and also PC, end quote. 
but let's keep in mind this is timed exclusivity not entire exclusivity Mm -hmm. this is within the context of the bethesda acquisition which we've been talking about all day on the show uh, which was officially completed as of tuesday phil spencer has confirmed that some again the language of some bethesda games would be exclusive to xbox and pc in the future but we already know that they are honoring bethesda's two-timed ps5 exclusives deathloop and ghostwire to tokyo which are i believe uh exclusive for an entire year I want to say it's more than a year or a year and a half. Yeah, could be either a year like or a year and a half. And um, the article goes on and it talks a little bit about Deathloop. And I was reading this and I realized this is the first article that I've ever read that really explains Deathloop clearly to me. Really, even past that video that they even made past for the video. Okay, even damn. Past the video, uh, it says this. These are some of the points that I got yeah, yeah. that helped me. So you take on the role, players take on the role of assassin whose name is Colt, who wakes up on an island and discovers that he's a subject of an island-wide manhunt. So you are the victim. Um, So in order to escape the time loop that he's trapped in, you need to kill all eight targets before the day resets. Okay. And the most powerful target is Juliana, who can be played by another player as a game-invading element. Hmm. So... I'm interested the to puzzle, see, like, are you choosing puzzle, choosing to play as Juliana or Colt? Or are no, you always you are playing all, as Colt? You're always playing Colt unless you're invading someone else's world. In which you turn into Juliana. Yes. Hmm, okay. Um, and then I put in that we should be getting a video presentation from Microsoft on Thursday, which is today, about what's next for its teams later this year, which we, we kind of did, kind of didn't. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, they said they did talk about their teams. They said that they they're going to be they talked about id software. Yeah, uh, a lot, and their contribution is to first-person shooters, mm-hmm. and how they can implement a lot of that into their uh, into their future IPs. Um, they talked about how this summer they will be announcing more specific details. At mm-hmm. they said what conventionally would be an E3 time, so presuming that Xbox is not going to be at E3 this year, if there is E3 this year, who knows? Right. Uh, Pete Hines, however, did say that first, let me say, or sorry, quote, first, let me say that we're not making any landmark announcements or changes right now. As we've all shared, the expectations that Bethesda Softworks and our studios will continue as we have in the past, just with more support and resources than we ever had before. Obviously, Game Pass has been an important initiative for Xbox, and we'll be working on putting even more of our games into Game Pass than ever before. Beyond that, Stay tuned. We're just going to start together. End quote. Crazy. So crazy, crazy. It's uh, like again, it's not super clear right. what that means for the um, average consumer, right? Why? All we know is that there is going to be a lot of Bethesda games on Game Pass. Here's my next. Here's my next question, okay. James. I have never played Skyrim. Okay. Really? Ever? Not even on the PS3 days. I I never owned it. I mean, I've played it, but like. I've never really played it. Do I now play it on Game Pass now that it's there just to do it? Just to say send it. Now yeah, I, I think you should. I definitely know I'm not going to have time to like play the whole thing mm-hmm. or play through it. But I kind of am just curious to just drop on in and just, you know, just kind of go for it. I might. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I was talking with a friend about this, and I mm-hmm. think Skyrim walked so a lot of other games can run. Sure. It was the first game to have the kind of compass mini-map in which it would turn as you turn and you'd yep. see things pop up. The thing that Skyrim did incredibly well was 
it was that game where you see something in the distance and it looks interesting and you want to go check it out. And you and could. The, yes, and you could. And the discoverability for the player um, is, takes center focus yeah. in this game. I mean, the combat is like just okay. Some mm-hmm. of the spells are just okay. Uh, the dialogue, how you get like a lot of those prime Bethesda Studios um, uh, co- or conversation options mm-hmm. um, that allow you to kind of make your character your own, which is always really appreciated from those games. Yeah. Um, and you can really do and go wherever you want and really like build your character how you want and, you know, do what you want. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. But here's what we do have right now. Last of Us developer is hiring for a multiplayer game built for, quote, longevity. All right. Games as a service. This is weird. This is weird to me. This comes from IGN. A position for an economy designer, multiplayer, was spotted on the Naughty Dog website, which which mentions that the successful candidate will ensure robust longevity for the studio's games, as well as design, implement, and tune game economy and player progression systems. The listing also notes that the candidate will create avenues for self-expression for our players, suggesting that the game will feature customization or cosmetic personalization options of some description. Robust longevity also suggests that the game will be supported over the years, potentially incorporating live service features that speak to the listing summary, which mentions the importance of providing players with great rewards to strive for. Naughty Dog is looking for candidates experienced in player psychology and narrative tone, suggesting that there may be some sort of story threaded throughout the experience. This is where it gets very interesting. It seems likely that the successful candidate could be working on the standalone factions equivalent for The Last of Us Part Two, Not factions, okay? Factions in The Last of Us was a survival multiplayer spinoff that pit teams of players against each other, utilizing the combat scene in the game's campaign. Back in September 2019, Naughty Dog said The Last of Us Part Two would not include factions or online no. mode, but added that players will eventually experience the fruits of our team's online ambition, but not as a part of Last of Us uh, Part Two. This, to me, is telling me that we are not getting multiplayer in Last of Us Part Two, and it will not be coming to, to Last of Us Part Two at all. Like, it's done. Right. Last of Us is what it is. Hopefully, it gets that next-gen upgrade ASAP, because I cannot wait to play that game again. Um, but... For whatever Naughty Dog is working on next, God, I hope it's not just a multiplayer game. I hope it's a single-player game with the addition of a multiplayer aspect to it's it. It's an MMO, Vin. Stop. What do you think it's it going to be? It sounds like an MMO. Do you think Naughty Dog could make a good MMO? I'm sure they could. I mean, if it were to be anyone, it would be Naughty Dog. I hope it's a space MMO. like like a spa- You know how they've been talking about space games that they were going to do? Yes. Like a sci-fi? Imagine a sci-fi MMO from Naughty Dog. Oh my god. Wow. Oh my god. But I hate MMOs, so I, I mean... You might love it. Who knows? It might change. Who knows? If if there was a developer that could change my opinion on MMOs, it would be Naughty Dog. Yep. This is, ex- this is exciting to me. I just don't know. Do you I'm think in- it would be a new IP or, uh, or would it... Do you think it would be a spinoff of a pre-existing world or a pre-existing IP or do you think it would be a whole new thing altogether? I think, last, or I think Naughty Dog is ready to create something brand new. I think that they've, been, they've been doing the same back and forth last of us uncharted for the last 10 years right you yeah. think imagine the people working there that are i mean I'm, I'm sure they love it i'm sure they work there because they get to work on these great games but imagine that like 10 years of creativity for people working there that have been like working towards whatever that is new is so exciting it's not like a new studio making their first new game in a long time or anything like right these are these are people that have been working on these 
10 out of 10 games for the last however many mm-hmm. years. So this is this is cool. This is really, really cool. And a lot of studios don't really have this opportunity. Nope, definitely like, not. This is probably one of the, I want to say one of the first times we've seen a major studio with major titles and major IPs branching off into a new IP. Right. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what it is more than anything. Like, when do you think we're going to get a reveal? Uh three years from now two years from now i don't know we'll be on checkpoint episode 200 by the time this thing gets revealed i don't know it'll be a while (laughs) yeah who knows i i don't think we're anywhere close to it especially that they're like i don't know who knows they might already be hard at work and they're just looking for a specific position right now to fill some shoes i don't know Mm -hmm. but remember back when uncharted 4 was uh, releasing they said that apart not all their studio had transitioned to work on Last of Us Part Two. Some of those some of those people have oh. been working on whatever this is for months or mm. years now. So like I think there's been a section there's been a section, dude, that is just going for this new IP. So it could be incredible. Kinda insane. It really could. It really, really could. Let me tell you, Naughty Dog, give me whatever you got. You See what else we're getting that's new. What else we're getting? A Fortnite single-player story event. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. It's comes courtesy of IGN. When Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 6 launches on March 16th, big week, big week, the oh first God, thing players week. will be met with its with is the Zero Crisis finale. Described as a, quote, solar, solo experience, end quote, by developer Eric. It is... No, <laughs> epic. <laughs> I was called Epic Games. I was like, Eric? <laughs> I was like, is there no last name? <laughs> by developer Eric. Yeah, just him. <laughs> just that one guy. Yeah, he sits in the cubicle around the corner. Yeah, a- Eric. He's been creating this thing for the last five years for Fortnite. <laughs> Developer <laughs> Eric. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> By Developer Epic, it is the conclusion of Agent Jones' mission that formed the basis of the Season 5 story. Epic promises that the aftermath of the single-player event will, quote, shape reality as we know it, end quote, suggesting that the event will push forward and make changes to Fortnite's storyline. Zero Crisis Finale also includes a story cinematic, which can be watched as part of the global premiere. Epic plans to share details on how to watch this in the coming days. Uh, then, does this interest you whatsoever? Will you be taking part in the single-player story event? I will not be taking part in it whatsoever, but I definitely will watch someone play it live because it's kind of cool. I I was like the Avengers thing. I didn't re-download the game to watch to play it, but it was kind of cool watching someone else do it. I don't need to. Then, did you ever play Fortnite when it was only a single-player game? Save the world. Yeah, I did not. Neither did I. It wasn't very good. It wasn't very well received. Well, and then it was forty bucks when it was forty season bucks. one of Fortnite started when I hopped on in there and I was mm-hmm. building my building my boxes, shooting my heads. You know what I mean? Just yep. doing the thing. Back in the day. Back in the day. Now Eric has grown. Do you know that Fortnite at the very beginning, like, scared me to play? Like, like, it's hard to explain. Like, I would play Fortnite. This was back before it was, like, a phenomenon. So, like, yet. It was, like, heart pounding. Like, 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 it was so stressful for me. And Battle Royales. I get it. Battle Royales were kind of, like, still new at that point. And I was, like... I have to start over, like, I didn't realize how easy it would be to jump into another game and just play it again. And that, that was the thing that drawn people back. I was like, I'm going to lose everything. And like, oh, I got to go start again. Like, I don't want to do this. So I'm like crouching around the entire map, like zero kills, getting to the end. Like, dude, that game, 
was stressful. It was not fun at, at all for, at first. I only played it because my friends played it. That's my, there you go. That's all. And then you put 400 hours into it. Yeah, right. 550. Try 550, <laughs> James. <laughs> in, a, in 2018 alone. Oh my then I God. cold turkeyed it. It's been three years since my addiction. I'm three years sober. <laughs> since your sobriety. Yeah. Uh-huh. Amen. James, can Amen. I take this next one? I'm pretty excited about it. You can absolutely take that. Genshin Impact's version 1.4 update adds a dating simulator. Okay? There's now... There's it's gonna be, my time, Vin. There's going to be a dating sim in Genshin it's Impact. my time. It's also bringing the Windblum Festival, but who cares? Dating simulator. Wind, say that one more time. Windblum. Windbloom? Windbloom. <laughs> but Bloom is B-L-O-O-M. It's also U-M-E. Okay. Here we go. As detailed on the PlayStation blog, the Windbloom Festival, that's just for you, James. The Windbloom Festival mm -hmm. will be available to all players who are at Adventure Rank 20 or above. I'm 29. I logged on yesterday and played uh, and have completed the Archon Quest Song of the Dragon and Freedom. Have you completed that quest, Vincent? I have not completed that quest. Okay. There's no way. I think that was way beyond me. As for this dating sim, players will have a chance to spend time with Barbara, Noel, Bennett, and Chongyong. There will be different endings for memories depending on your choices and interactions with each character. Furthermore, each actual ending will award players with a hangout memory illustration, which I'm assuming is just a cutscene. I don't think it's anything. Um, the Wimbledon Festival, which is a celebration of romance and passion, will also feature three wow. mini games that support both single player and co-op mode. These new games are Bullseye Balloons, Floral Freefall, and Ballad of Breeze. Uh, lastly, this new update, this is very important. This new update will increase the original resin limit from 120 to 160. Let's go. Uh, you use resin to defeat bosses to get special upgrade parts. And so when you do that many boss, like if each boss is 40, you're running out of resin after three bosses. So this adds a fourth boss you can defeat in a day. Uh, okay. That's one of the gotcha mechanics. If you want to do more bosses, you have to buy more resin. But I see. honestly, that's just for the hardcore players. There's really nothing. It's fine. And we'll also allow yeah. travels to hold up to five condensed resin in their inventory. Travelers will also have the option to lower their world letter to their world level to better suit their needs in single player and co-op. This is awesome mm -hmm. because as a multiplayer person, as like a level world three, I can't go to your world one or no, I could go to your world one, but you can't go to my world three type dealio. Cause it's like gotcha. the enemies scale up and you're dead. Yeah. So, yes. um, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Is it enough to bring me back into Genshin Impact? No. Yes, for me, baby. I really like the game, and I'm just waiting for Reason to come back. Steven, you keep playing Genshin Impact, but you still yeah. haven't finished Breath of the Wild. I know. I know. It's They're true. caught. <sighs> There's a way I can take no fall damage in SMH. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a way you can take no fall damage in Breath of the Wild, too. I, I feel, dude, I feel, whenever I play Breath of the Wild, I feel so small-brained. Like, I play it, I'm like, I'm dumb. And then I go on YouTube and people are like, oh, you just do this and this and this. I'm like, wow, I should have been able to figure that out. And I can never figure it out. Like, ever. Okay. It's it makes okay. me feel stupid. <laughs> but it's so good. Okay, I only have one more Divine Beast. Maybe good. I got it. I'm really, I'm really close. Just the lava uh, crawling thing. That's it. You take that one for last? What? Well, I, I remember, I didn't try to go in a certain order. I just was like... That's fair. I was just going. Yeah. I was doing it. Just that playing the game. Though. I really like the Gorons. Okay. I like them too. They're big chunguses. 
I like them a lot. All right, next up. GTA 5 on PS5 and Xbox Series X won't be a simple port, says Take-Two CEO. Strauss Zelnick, CEO of Rockstar Games' parent company, Take-Two Interactive, has discussed the company's approach to remasters, saying that it won't settle for, quote, simple ports, end quote, of its older games, including the upcoming version of GTA 5 for PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S. Following with another quote, Remastering has always been a part of the strategy. We've done differently than the competition. We don't just port titles over. We actually take the time to do the very best job we can, making the title different for the new release. For the new technology that we're launching it on, end quote. Oh, sorry. It's just going to continue on. We improve the technology. We upgrade the visuals and we make performance enhancements. And that's why I think our remastered titles typically do so well. End quote. Finn, do you think they should even be... One, or do you think they should even be concerning themselves with porting GTA 5? What no. do they do when it's still working on GTA 5? What do they Please, do? just Why? Be work- Here's what I want, Rockstar. Take two. This is a note just to you. I want you to make Red Dead Redemption 2's uh, online a little bit better. Because right now it's really good. It's They've improved it so much. And I had so much fun playing it the other day. Um, but I want you to have a tiny bit of your team working on that online. And I want the rest of your team to be working on GTA Six, please, God, please. Okay, I don't, I don't need, I don't need an, another upgrade for GTA Five. If you're playing GTA Five, you're not concerned about the way it looks. You're playing it because of, um, I don't know, you've been playing it for five years and you don't want to play anything else. <laughs> That's what. Yeah. yeah. So they're not concerned about it. The people that are going to be playing it are not going to be concerned about this upgrade whatsoever. No. But. Could be cool. I don't know. Might might be nice. I don't know. Like, I, I, I it might it just it sounds out. like performance. Yeah. But I yeah. want GTA 6, damn it. We're never going to get it. We're never going to get it. No, this would, this would be the summer. This would be the summer it gets revealed. This would be the summer. Which is very exciting. I bet Jeff Keighley's already up to something. God, well, The guy. minute we hear that, remember the GTA 5 reveal? It was the Steve Wonder. Bam, 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 bam. You know, Stevie wanted skeletons yeah. in your closet. Yep. And then it was like, fly, plane flying over Los Santos. And you're like, oh, poggers. I saw, <laughs> dude, I saw a video on IGN because when I was reading this article and it showed a video of Greg Miller from 2000 and whatever, when GTA sure. got announced in the IGN office like, looks completely different. Way. Yeah. He's like pointing at his monitor. That's like a thick, big monitor. I'm like, wow, we've come a long way. <laughs> I was like, this is epic. It was, yeah. Who knows? Maybe it'll be one of those years. Final final thing up today. Uh, Ryder brought this to our attention. Square Enix is doing a little thingamabobber next uh, Thursday, which is next week. So uh, I don't know what time it's at, though. It's at... Which is next week. uh, It's at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So that's good. We'll have the information about that on next week's podcast. Um, But what we're going to get is an all-new Life is Strange. We're going to get some Outriders information, Marvel's Avengers information, which who knows. Mar- Tomb Raider's 25th anniversary, which I'm sure is just a sizzle reel, and that's about it. Maybe a new skin for um, Laura Croft in Shadow of the Tomb Raider or something like that. That's my guess. Actually, quote me on that. I'm sure that's going to be it. I guarantee <laughs> it. Uh, Square Enix, a new Square Enix Montreal game, Just Cause Mobile, which is weird because that's kind of an expansive open-world game. wonder how they do that. And then... Balan Wonderworld. Balan Wonderworld. No, absolutely no clue what that is. So that's next week. So, uh, but yeah, we'll bring that information to you uh, on Balan episode fifty-six. Wonderworld is Hat Guy. Okay. 
Hat guy. Hat guy. Hat guy. That brings us yeah. in to random fun stuff. James, start us off. We have two items today on random fun stuff. Let's go. TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge is revealed. It's a side-scroller beat-em-up that looks like Turtles in Time from back in the day. And it looks sick. It looks fun. Yeah. Um, another thing is Roblox as a company went public this week, okay? Um, and their evaluation is that Roblox is worth six times what Bethesda is worth, okay? They're, right now, they're as the time of recording this, it's about... 60 or 70 dollars a share um which is huge so and i think that's only going up roblox is freaking gigantic that's all guys that's episode 55 let's go let's go baby james close us out everybody thank you so much for watching episode 55 of the checkpoint podcast ben thank you so much for doing this with me guys thank you so much for watching Please don't forget to sub. Don't forget to follow on all of our socials. Um, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on YouTube. You can jump in our Discord. Um, all of the above. You can also find us on audio platforms tomorrow morning, as well as on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben, am I missing anything? Uh, Twitch chat will be back right away for the post show. And audio listeners, if you want to be part of the conversation, we go live Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and that's all. That's a wrap on episode 55. Guys, we will see you next week. Next week, also, we are doing the podcast at 4 p.m. Pacific time because of scheduling things. Today, we did it early at 2 p.m. We're all over the place, but we'll be back on schedule soon enough. All right, peace out. I love you all. Outro. Let's run it.